Hey everybody, my name is Michael Rosso, and welcome to the Alternative Cinema Podcast. I'm sitting here with Mr. Henrik Kudo. Hello, hello. How's it going? Very well. How about yourself? I'm doing excellent. Uh, Henrik is fresh off the road. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little road rashed. From... <laughs> From Dayton, Ohio. Scenic, Dayton, Ohio. Yes, there was here. a lawsuit. You have to say scenic. For all the folks here who uh, have gone to the uh, Chiller Theater Horror Expo in the spring of 2017, uh, it was great seeing you. Uh, folks that have gone to the Cinema Wasteland show in, is it Str- Strongville, Ohio? Strongsville. It's just outside of um, Cleveland. Yes, right outside Cleveland, Ohio. Hey, how's it going? Wonderful to be here to talk about B-movies. And it's been a while, so we have kind of like a lot of a lot of cool stuff to to uh, talk about. Yeah, uh, it's going to be difficult not to talk about my Canon sixteen millimeter Scoopic camera. I was I, I got to hold it. You know, I, I'm a filmmaker. I've made fifteen features, but never had I touched a sixteen millimeter motion picture camera. At least not one that functions. I think I held like an ancient one yes. um, from back in the day. Very nice piece of equipment. I saw on Facebook. I'm in I'm 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 in one of those sixteen millimeter eight, super eight millimeter groups, and I saw a guy. He's like, Hey, I'm selling this. Canon Scoopic camera, and I never in my life have I heard of Canon Scoopic. I I heard of you know Bolex camera. I heard of Araflex camera. Of course, you know I never heard of a Canon Scoopic. So I was a little upset because you know when you go through your whole life and you're a middle aged person and you just discover stuff that's been around for decades, you feel like why didn't someone ever tell me? Well, but you also should you know on the plus side feel like you know there's still more to find you know. It's exciting. So I private messaged the guy on Facebook. I said, hey, um, you know, what's your email address? Because I had a bunch of questions like, does it work? <laughs> you know, does it come with a battery, et cetera, and so forth. But it's a, it's a 16 millimeter Canon camera. It comes with a zoom lens. You look through it. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. I guess you can call it sweet, sweet Canon glass. It holds 100 foot of 16 millimeter film. That'll get you about three and a half minutes worth of, fi- of footage shot at 24 frames per second. And I've really gotten back into the whole... I'm, I'm, I'm very anxious to get back into actually shooting stuff. So anyhow, Canon Scoopic, I'm going to test some, uh, some film in the next few days here. And it will be up on the Film Photography Project YouTube channel hopefully very soon. But talking about film, uh, Mark Polonia... Of the Polonia Brothers Entertainment, uh, Mark and John Polonia, they uh, produced the classic shot on video film Splatter Farm in 1987, and then went on to shoot dozens and dozens of movies, including Splatter Beach, which they shot for Camp Motion Pictures 10 years ago. Wow, yeah, it's been 10 years. Yeah, did you, 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 you did not work on that, I right? did not work on that one. But you, you, were, you were around when that was going on? Yes, so I know Mark a long time, and he just shot a new movie for Camp Motion Pictures called Land Shark, which comes out on June thirteenth. Yes, and he's in production on a film. Working title is Creature Feature, and the whole thing is a this ties into the Canon Scoopic, although they're not shooting it on the Scoopic. There's a whole film initiative going on here at Camp Motion Pictures, which is to shoot features on film stock. Camp Motion Pictures is in development on a 16-millimeter film called Creature Feature that's going to be directed by Mark Polonia. Very cool. Yeah, this probably this spring-slash-summer uh, somewhere in rural Pennsylvania. So that's, that's what's going on. That's exciting. Um, Mark's film, 
Landshark comes out June thirteenth. Also coming out June thirteenth is Amityville No Escape. That's your film. Guilty. Henry Kudo is the director of Amityville No Escape. And I'm sorry, how many features have you shot? Um, I've done 15, and I start my 16th in a week and a half, or uh, two weeks from today, from when we're recording this. Okay, six, how many? It'll six. be 16. Cue the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> and recently, well, at the Cinema Wasteland Convention, these are fan conventions, fan expos, chiller theater, you, you were there and you met you met and greeted fans, and you also were uh, promoting Amityville No Escape. Yes. Trying to drum up excitement and talk about it with people and, and how, get it out there. And how, uh, how was the reaction? Incredible. It really? Was, it was, I was very, very pleased. Um, we, we had a finite number of copies that were kind of the you know, pre-release promotional copies, and we sold all of them. They were all gone within the first two days of the three-day show. People are just excited. The you know on Facebook and Twitter, people have been saying really positive things about the copies they picked up while they were there. So I couldn't be happier. Uh, just very excited for more and more people to see it. You know, having done so many movies, one of the the things that the not criticism but the compliments that the the film has gotten is that it's it's very scary. That it might be the scariest movie I've done. So I just want to hear more opinions and I want to get more people to check it out. That's terrific. That's 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 awesome. I'm excited. Because Camp Motion Pictures is distributing the title, and I'm hoping to I'm hoping that to generate more mainstream excitement based on the name of the movie. Absolutely. Some people are just crazy about Amityville. Absolutely. It's sort of like if you called your film Nightmare on Elm Street, except that's more actionable, uh, <laughs> legally speaking. Right. That would be awesome. That would, too. It would be cool though. Yeah. Speaking of new releases, another new release is called Easter Sunday. On this very podcast, later on in this show, the uh, two gents, Jeremy Todd Moorhead Mm -hmm. and Jason Delgado, that's producer and director, or director and producer, they are going to come on and I'm going to grill them a little bit about their movie after you and I barrel through all the news. Easter Sunday came out. There was a lot of anticipation about it because uh, Robert Zadar is in it. Yes, I I believe believe it was his last movie. Yeah, his last movie. Of course, he is the maniac cop. You've seen that, right? Of course. All three of them. Barry Lerman. Mm-hmm. He is the original Jason. Yeah, he was the little boy in oh. Friday the 13th. On DVD as well as a super limited edition VHS, Camp Motion Pictures is thoroughly committed to all things analog. And this year, 2017, and hopefully beyond, we are going to continue to put out limited edition VHS tapes. Upcoming VHS releases, there's going to be Slime City, limited edition, limited to 50. They're going to be on... Uh, colored, multicolored VHS uh, shells. Oh, nice. Yeah. So one will be green, one will be yellow, one will be pink. It's a variety. You don't know what color you're going to get. Speaking of limited, speaking of fun, Camp DVD On Demand series, you're familiar with that, of course. Absolutely. It's a showcase for films that have not had the chance to be on DVD. Um, they're on demand, so they're manufactured on demand to allow an audience to get their hands on copies. Uh, films like Vampire. Yes. And The Drowned. Yep. As well as uh, Chris Seaver's Paranormal Investigation Agency. That's right. They're going to be on DVD, or they already are, yes. currently on DVD and available through the uh, DVD on demand uh, Camp Motion Pictures label. Yep. AlternativeCinema.com. And it's sort of modeled after like the Warner Archive. Yeah, and these films have never been on DVD before. Nope. What was people's reaction to those DVD on-demand series when you were at the show? Very positive. Uh, The most interest was in The Drowned. 
Is that right? Yeah. Well, the artwork is incredible on it. Those the ones we had were limited uh, editions that were in um, green cases, which just really makes them pop. And I, I'm a big fan of the aesthetic. I believe that was made in '95, maybe. But it has that '90s shot on video look. Yes. Which uh, I mean, it's very competently shot. It's not amateurish at all. But it, you know, it's it's um, a victim of its time period yeah. as to what the picture quality looks like. But it has a great atmosphere, a really cool story, and uh, I mean, I was a big fan of it. So I think it's really cool that it's getting out there. That's directed and written by Bruce G. Hollenbeck, who also did Vampire. Yes. And he has another show, also shot in the 90s, called London After Midnight. Oh. Nothing to do with the lost, <laughs> silent Lon Chaney movie, and that will be forthcoming. I'm, I'm really happy to get these films out. It's difficult these days because, you know, DVD market's not what it used to be. So you can't produce like a thousand discs and expect to be able to sell them. There's no more video stores and everything's moving to streaming on demand. By the way, these films are also available on Amazon Prime, The Drowned Vampire Paranormal Investigation Agency. So you can check them out right now. Juice up that uh, Amazon Prime and and check them out. Speaking of Prime and streaming... (laughs) If you have a Roku box, you could go to channels and search free Grindhouse Flicks Tonight, and you could stream for free. Uh, there are two categories from the studio. 42nd Street Pete has his own category. Of course he does. And in his category, you'll see uh, some of his, uh, you know, it's not like adult, adult. Mm-hmm. You'll see like the various compilations that he hosts of, you know, the girly loops mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff as well as uh, some, um, I would call them spicy 1970s grindhouse movies. And then there's also a category for seduction cinema. Very nice. Uh, also coming up, this is, there's so much stuff, guys and gals. There's so much stuff. Bravengers. Uh, Bravengers, of course, is produced by John Bacchus, who produced and directed all of the classic late-night TV, Lord of the G-Strings, Playmate of the Apes. This is the latest in the series called Bravengers, of course, a spoof of The Avengers. It's coming out two ways. First of which is a comic book produced by Noel Scotch Anderson, our pal, our friend Noel. There are two previous editions, Spider-Babe and Playmate of the Apes. And you get a comic book and a DVD in the package. It's awesome. And there will also be a standalone DVD called Bravengers Unrated. Splatter Farm... VHS DVD Big Box. Yes. Splatterform, of course, came out in 1987. Now, here's what's special about it. The VHS that's inside this big box. So you're going to get the big box, and you pull the tray out, and there's going to be another. There's going to be a VHS tape in its own sleeve inside, which is going to be an exact replica of the Donna Michelle release from 1987. Really? The VHS is going to be that cut of the movie. Oh, the original... The original cut of the movie, which has, hasn't been available since it first came out. The only way to see this right now is if you, that's right, you listening at home, if you fork over like $500... The, the Donna Michelle releases are insanely rare. Yes. Very hard to find and very expensive. Yep. And it, it's not like you just go to eBay and just pick it up for $500. Like, you you have to sit and wait your ass. <laughs> And wait for it to pop up. So this is going to be a replica of the Donna Michelle release. The sleeve is going to be a replica. The show on the VHS is going to be that cut of the movie. 
And then there's also going to be a DVD containing two discs, and it's going to be packaged in a, in a big box, a collectible that you can put on your shelf. And this is just a continuation of all things analog, uh, camp motion pictures. All of the big box is mighty enticing, very popular at the conventions. They're collectible. Ultimately, in the future, I look at it as an investment. Yeah. They're valuable because once the limited run is done, that's it. Yeah. They're done. Shout out to uh, Josh at Lunch Meat Magazine. He's a great supporter. And, of course, uh, Matt uh, from uh, Forbidden Planet. Do you know Matt? I don't know Matt personally. Okay. He's been really helpful. Uh, uh, Matt's going to be contributing liner notes to the uh, Splatter Farm box. Very nice. Yeah. Very good. Did I miss any news? Oh, uh, yes, I did. The Joe Sarnos. Yes, of course. That's the elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> they're, I mean, because they're big releases. Yes, they are. Joe Sarno Retrospect. He is um, a very well-known exploitation filmmaker, New York filmmaker. He shot in both, both New York and Sweden. And of course, the famous Inga film from 1967, uh, as well as the famous uh, Sin in the Suburbs film media here in New Jersey. It's me. (laughs) I I worked with Joe Sarno the last 10 years of his life. I produced his last film. His films are near and dear to my heart, So, uh, and we're starting the Joe Sarno retrospect coming out on the film movement label. Volume 1 is out, which is Vampire Ecstasy and Sinew Sinners. Uh, Sinew Sinners, 1960. Three Vampire Ecstasy, nineteen seventy-three. They both deal with the occult. They come out on Blu-ray or DVD. Your choice. You can get the first volume right now on the Amazon.com or on the AlternativeCinema.com. And speaking of streaming, you know, it seems like streaming, you know, is really exploding. It's definitely it's I mean, catching it seems on. Seems to yeah. be coming into its own. If you have a Roku box, you can add a channel called Film Movement. Did you know that? I did not know Film Movement had a had their own channel. Yes. You could just add that damn channel. And then you, you could right as of right now, you could watch Vampire Ecstasy or Sinew Sinners streaming right on your TV. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go now, but don't go away. We're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to be back here with Jeremy Todd Moorhead and uh, Jason Delgado, the director and producer of Easter Sunday, just out now on limited edition VHS and DVD and streaming of course yeah of course uh, we'll be right back desperately hiding in the darkest forest of the great northwest Bigfoot is here K-Tel's Bigfoot is here and far from frightening it can be great fun you can make footprints in the snow follow the leader make up your own games Bigfoot, you're fun. Bigfoot from Hey, we're back. Mike Rosso here, Alternative Cinema Podcast. And in the room with me, I have uh, two awesome, awesome guys. Uh, producer Jason Delgado. Hey. Hello. And Thank you for having director me. Jeremy Todd Moorhead. Hello, hello. Stoked to be here. Are you writer-director or just director? I am writer-director. Okay, right. Writer-director. Creator. Creator. These guys... Produced a film called Easter Sunday. It just came out this spring. It came out on March 14th. 14th. March 14th. My wife's birthday. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so I can never forget the release date. Oh, very, that, that. She would not let me. It, it came out on DVD and streaming. And then shortly after, a limited edition VHS release. And this is a film, a genre film, a horror film, a slasher film. Would you call it a slasher film? Definitely. That uh, stars uh, uh, Robert Zadar, 
Maniac Cop. The Maniac. Uh, Eric Lerman. And you guys. Yep. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. When, so, you're, when you're shooting an indie film budget, you know, you have to get people that you can rely on. Yeah. And so who better to rely on than the people who are making the film? Now, Absolutely. Was this your first film? This was our first film. It was kind of like a like a punk rock mentality for making this movie. I wrote the script because I'd had the story in my in my head since I was like eighteen. Um, I really wanted to tell this story, and so I wrote the script with the intention of, man, I want to make this movie, but can I make this movie? And it was cool because me and Jason linked up and became friends, and so I think he was the first person that I showed the script to, and I was like, hey, man, I wrote this kind of goofy thing with this uh, guy that kills people, and he wears uh, an Easter bunny mask. You know, read it and tell me what you think. Like, I think it'd be cool to make this into a movie. Jason promptly read it, maybe like a day or two uh, later. He was like, man, like, so when do we start filming? And I'm like, do you think we should do, we, should, we, we can do it? And he was like, I think we should not think we can't do it. Let's just get some cameras, let's go out there. And with us being super, super into film and cinephiles and going to conventions and stuff and all of our friends being really creative people, you know, it was funny during the process we learned that people love the idea of being a part of a movie, but the physicality of like actually devoting time and your energy and your effort into actually making it, not everybody's interested in doing that. So everybody's like, yeah, I want to be in movies, but then it's like, all right, well, here's the times, the dates, and it's like, yeah, that's... Never mind, I don't want to be in movies. So um, initially, <laughs> initially, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to direct it or not. So I wrote it, and I was like, cool, you know, I just want to write it. And so we, we saw a couple directors um, that we sat down with, and we kind of interviewed to do it, and local people that, that I had some affiliations with. I don't know that they maybe saw the film the way that I saw it. They blew um, us off. No, I wouldn't say they blew us off, but I think they had a different idea of what the movie was. They said we couldn't do it. Who are these people? Some of them. Um, Just different. um, A lot of them had directed, like, music videos in the area because I used to be in a metal band. Gotcha. So um, a lot of, like, music video directors that I I had some affiliations with. And so one of them in particular we sat down with, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do it. And then he was like, yeah, but I think we should make it darker and scarier. And I'm like, well, then you completely – not getting with the type of movie we're going for. And I'm like, dude, it's, this is like the glory of like the full moon and trauma movies, man. Like we're going for something kind of tongue in cheek. Someone, they were bringing a different vision to it. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And at that point, me and Jason had to kind of game plan and be like, all right, this is not working out with us finding a director. You know, like, fuck it. Let's let's do it ourselves. So, you know, we did extensive research and, you know, we watched a lot of YouTube tutorials. And, you know, we thankfully had a really devoted... Um, structure of friends uh, and people that helped us put this movie together that ultimately made this this movie possible and I, and honestly I think that uh the best way to learn how to make movies is to go out and make a movie and that's exactly what we did and we were constantly learning the process as we were going and uh I'm really happy with it like I'm I'm super stoked that uh the movie came out the way that it did and that it had the tone that I think the other filmmakers were missing when we sat down with them how did you guys meet we were working together. Um, he was working at uh, as a manager. You know, we're real people. We have real jobs. Um, we like have in fact, to, if you reach out and touch me, you'll realize that I'm a real yes, person. F- I'm actually here yes, right now. I'm, I'm <laughs> not just uh, – uh, you can't just Google me on the internet. But uh, I was working security, and he was working in management, and we just formed a relationship over our love of films. You know, And when he brought me that script, uh, I've always been the kind of individual that says, hey, we can do this. And you guys are close, like in the locale, you guys are near each yeah. other? Yeah, yeah. We, we live about 35 minutes from each other, probably. Yeah. 
So never shot a, a feature film before, just jumped in. What was the experience like from the perspective of just making it gel? I mean, even the point of post-production, who, who did the editing? Um, I did the initial editing, and then I have um, a friend, Jared Jameson, that he did a lot of the visual effects on the film, and he is actually YouTube famous. His uh, YouTube name is Spontaneous. He had a following. He was also the drummer in my metal band, Madison Apart. He's got like um, 4.5 million hits on YouTube. Wow. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So it's funny. So he, he had a following on YouTube already and was making money off of his YouTube videos because he would do video game inspired videos. So he would do like, for instance, he would go to Staples and buy like 150 different types of rubber bands and he would set them up in his room and then he would recreate video game theme songs with 150 50 different rubber bands like and you know video game nerds ate it up and he became like super super famous in that realm so it's funny we would be playing shows with our band and people would walk up to our booth afterwards and be and so i'm thinking like oh like they, they really enjoyed the set it was cool and they'd walk up and be like hey man cool set is your drummer spontaneous and i'm like oh wow um, yeah like people <laughs> would recognize him when we would go and do things so his editing obviously you know through the film a lot of the the visual effects that's all him and so his knowledge of editing is just ridiculous. I mean, he can literally, anything you have in your head, he can make it happen. So I did the initial editing phase, and then I gave it to him to do like kind of like a second gloss over the the first draft that, that I did. And then, of course, he would do the visual effects on top of that. So what's funny is he actually taught me how to edit. Um, so, Was there any challenges even with production, post-production with, okay, great, we're going to shoot this feature. What cameras do I use? What Oh, how are we going to edit this? What program? Or were you guys already familiar with that kind of hardware software? I was familiar with it due to him, due to Jared. Um, in fact, I owe a lot of um, the movie and what made it work to him because when you know he was before he even came on board to do the visual effects like of course he was like yeah man i'll help you in any way possible because he had the knowledge um that i i hadn't had yet so he was like all right man we're gonna use sony vegas like that's what we're gonna use to edit your movie so i went out and bought sony vegas and for hours and hours and hours for weeks i it was like i was literally in, in a college session like i had a notepad i had my pen and i was taking notes that's how i learned things like the way that i learned is i have to write them down so like hand write them down not type them so i would sit down and i would watch him and he would explain to me and i'm like all right and i would ask him a thousand questions and for every thousand question i would write down every single answer so once we started filming it i also started uh congruently editing the film as we were going and so I would sit down with my with my notepad, with all my notes, with my chicken scratch and kind of walked myself through it. And anything that I had questions on, I would call him or literally everything's on the Internet. Did you? Yes, it is. Did you uh, did you shoot in somewhat order because you were editing as you go or not really? We, we didn't. Uh, we kind of bounced around all over. And it's funny because <laughs> we're making our second feature right now, Gore, Gorehammer. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think we should really film it uh, in sequential order. And of course, we're 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 doing we're bouncing around due to um, scheduling and wanting to get a lot of the difficult stuff done first. But we learned a lot oh, through, uh, during the first oh, film. So yeah, you know, um, in the first film, we were just filming as much as possible when we right. could, when we could get everybody together. Uh, you know, it was just put out the feelers, you know, uh, to all the cast members and all the crew, when are the best days to get together and shoot, and that's when we would go out and shoot it. And obviously before then, we would have the shot list and the script, and everybody would have some time to go over it to know what's going on, and then we'd just go out there and shoot it. You know, uh, we we were very much of the mind of let's just get as much on on the on the camera as possible. 
let's go out there and do it and and then see what we got and some you know? some uh of the sessions that we went out filming were hits and some were were misses yeah. you know some were overly ambitious like all right <laughs> we have all of these pages we're gonna get this all done today and then it was like oh no no we're not we're gonna have to split the shoot into two another reason we didn't shoot in sequential order is because obviously we had robert zadar in the zadar. film yeah. we had our Lehman in the film, Edward X. Young, who we um, had to accommodate to bring them into town to film their scenes. So we actually filmed Edward X. Young first. That was the first scene that we filmed was with the priest. Then the second shoot that we did was with Robert Zadar. And then shortly after, we did Ari. So it was funny. John McCoy, who plays uh, Jacob in the movie, his first act, because he had, he had no prior acting experience. Um, and he was another guy that I was in a band with that were best friends. And he's he's... Hilarious. Has, he has an eclectic, electric personality. And I was like, dude, I got to get you in this movie. So his first scene acting ever was with Robert Zadar, and he was <laughs> so scared like, and wow. so nervous. But uh, You guys don't look like you'd be scared. No. I mean, you know, there was <laughs> no. it, it was somewhat chaotic, and because we were nervous, we were fans of Robert Zadar, of course. We were prepared. We wanted to you know, show that we were capable of doing the job, that we were professional. We came in with all the shot list and, you know, everybody knew their jobs and we had rehearsed you know, what we were doing, when we were doing it. We were, you know, um, just ensuring that we were ready for, for the day, definitely. So for me, I, I wasn't nervous at all. I, you know, playing opposite my hero, wearing a mask and acting like a villain opposite you know the maniac cop. Yeah. It was it was um, Matt Cordell. A, a, just a great experience. Yeah. You know we had a lot of fun with it. It was very entertaining. The whole process. Um, I can't think of a better way to learn how to make films than to make a film like mm -hmm. Jeremy said. And in this next film right right now we're working on, we've decided that we shot all the most difficult parts first. All the hard stuff, get it out of the way. That way, you know, the back end of the movie, you know, while you're working on all the hard things that you already shot, you can shoot the easy stuff, all yeah. the dialogue, you know, while you're working on the post-production. And then if you have any time, then you can use that to finish the difficult scenes, some things that may have not worked. Because the easy stuff you can always reshoot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just dialogue. So, but when you're dealing with uh, the gore effects and with the um, practical effects, um, obviously, you know, you, sometimes you get one shot to get this depending on your location and the cleanup and, and the crew and, you know, depending on whether your actors are local or not. Like uh, for, for Gorehammer, our new feature, uh, we brought in three actors from Ohio. Um, so it was one of those things. And this was um, probably 14 pages to 15 pages, I believe, if not more, that we had to get done with them in a two-day shoot. Um, and like I said, there was uh, some gore and practical effects going on. So it was not one of those things where – and we were chasing daylight Sunlight, as well. Yeah. yeah. So it was one of those things where it's like, all right, we have to get these done in these two days or else there's no other day to be like, all right, we'll come back. So we just for, – for this new project, we figured it would be best to get the heavy lifting – scenes done first and then you know we can go back and do the dialogue scenes and the story building scenes um and it'd be a more uh relaxed second Absolutely. half of the filming of the movie and, and what people don't understand is and what they may not understand is that we're like we're like caged animals <laughs> okay <laughs> we're like caged animals until we're on set right. and then we feel like we're free 
You know, if I can just, I mean, that's, I feel like I'm a caged animal, but when I'm on set, collaborating with Jeremy Moorhead, collaborating with Epic Expression, collaborating with Dave Ferguson and Jared Jameson, you Van know, pictures. Van Pictures, right. and, you know, just the the huge collaboration that we're, we're doing on set, that's where I feel at most at ease. Yeah. You know, that's where the creative process is flowing. Everybody wants to work together and do positive things, you know, so it's never, it's never a feeling of dread. Let me ask you guys about Easter Sunday. At what point... What influenced you to do it as a crowdfunding? For folks listening, crowdfunding, of course, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, uh, where you put your your project out there and uh, folks who contribute help produce the movie. Was it Did it tie into uh, hiring celebrities or did you do that before? We, um, I'll, I'll jump into a little bit and then I'm going to let you tackle the, the latter half of this. So at the time that we were getting Easter Sunday up and going, crowdfunding had just become a thing like it was still relatively new when we decided to do that and you know we were seeing other projects of the same caliber that were having great success with it and so jason being the producer of the film you know easter sunday was a movie that we were going to make no matter what whether we had ten dollars or whether we had twenty thousand dollars we were going to make that movie that wasn't a make it or break it for us but it was you know from jason's producing standpoint it was like hey if we can do this and get a little bit more monetary flexibility then why would we not do it and it was still so new that people weren't really taking um advantage of it as far as the because you know there's been a lot of indie filmmakers that have taken advantage of like kickstarter or indiegogo that they haven't done right by the people that supported them and so it was still early enough that people weren't really weary of helping indie filmmakers and support them um so for me it was more like a marketing standpoint too you get people excited about it even if it's 60 people and then they tell another friend and that's 120 people and that friend tells another and that's 180 people i wanted people to be excited about our posters i wanted to be you know people to be excited about our film and i wanted to to make them feel like they were a part of it. You know, what wouldn't I give to be a part of something like Halloween when it came out in 1978 or, you know, some of these movies Scream in in the 1990s, you know. Um, So I just wanted to give the fans, people who are like indie films and people who are in our community an opportunity to be a part of the creative process. You know, I'm happy to say that we were able to raise 35, 3,700, something like that, um, which at that time I thought was pretty good. Right, you know, we right. did pretty good. We're just a couple of guys trying to make a fun, make a cheesy satire film. And at that time, nobody necessarily knew if we could do it. They So the people that supported it, supported it because they believed in us individually and our efforts combined. Um, at that point, you know, we hadn't released anything. So, you know, we hadn't proved ourselves yet to where I feel like if, if we did one now, it would be a different story. Cause they're like, all right, these guys are filmmakers. At that time, I think people kind of looked at us differently as just some oh, dudes who sure. were trying to make a movie That's compared we to where we are now, where it's like, all right, no, those dudes make movies. Right. You know? and, and not, not to mention every single person who contributed to our kick, Kickstarter received their reward or was sent their reward. Every single person, and not only did they receive their reward or get the reward, every single person received more than what they paid for. Cool. And you, know? and you wrote them all handwritten I, letters. I wrote handwritten you? letters thanking them. You know, I mean, consistently stayed. 
letting them know what was happening through the crowdfunding process. You know, never faltered once. Always told them exactly, you know, what was going on. Came out of pocket at the end of it after, you know, obviously we used the money. You know, came out of pocket $180 to make sure everything got sent to everybody. But it's not about the money, you know. It's about making sure that you, um, you know, ensure that the people who support you get, you know, what they paid for, especially in crowdfunding because we hope that the same people that supported us before will continue to support us. Let me ask you about... Uh, crowdfunding prep did you have to almost look at the crowdfunding to prepare for it to launch it as its own production absolutely i mean you know obviously the the first thing i did look at all the other crowdfundings that were that that did positive um all the indiegogo and kickstarter crowdfunding films in within the same genre that were doing well i basically researched those people and then i copied what they were doing copied and pasted all of it onto one huge page and then I put in our film and what our I just used the structures of all the other what worked and I saw what you know and and then obviously we went and did a a quick production for the videos we shot a lot of funny videos and that was I thought that it would be better to just present ourselves as the normal human beings that we were you know and I, I believe that Jeremy wrote a few scripts for us to you know structured little uh shootings you know script shot list for us to go through so but it wasn't really i mean it's so simple these days to just pick up your phone and and put it in a stand or put it in on the back of a cup with a drink in it in front of you and shoot your own video like a lot of the people that have reviewed our movie have been doing recently processing isn't difficult anymore anybody can do it it's still work. Right. It is still, diff- you know, work. And you, you should, you know, ever since we've shot this film, um, I've taken classes. I've worked on local television. You know, Jeremy has been um, r- writing and we've been studying YouTube videos and we've been working with our cameras and learning the fa- functionalities. I've been going through all these different, you know, AV studio classes, drone. I bought a drone and started taking classes, learning how to fly a drone. So, I've, you know, I got a GoPro and I've watched all the GoPro videos and I went and worked on uh, film classes at the local public access uh, station studio next to where I, I live. So we've really, we've really become very serious about the process. I think you guys uh, have the, the best attitude and, and you're approaching things. You live it. It, you, you like your Kickstarter. Uh, it's not just a Kickstarter. You guys uh, breathe life into it. You guys put yourself into it. And that comes through, and that's what makes uh, um, uh, the connection between you and your your soon-to-be viewer, I think, very important, which is people connected with you and who you are as people, as you said, came through. And I think that means a lot to, pe- to people. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. It, uh, one of the feedbacks that we're, we're getting on the movie is that people say that they had fun with the movie, that it's a really, really fun movie, and that they can tell that we, we had, had fun, fun making yeah. it. Or when you were making your movie and towards finishing your movie, what, it, what was the thought process about getting it out there? Like, how, how, did you, how did it get to Camp Motion Pictures? You know, Jason is very, very 
smart and he's a very, very good businessman. So I knew from the very, very beginning process of making Easter Sunday that I would be the guy to write it and direct it and edit it. But as far as it getting out to the people, I knew that he was going to find a perfect home for the movie. It was a collaboration, a lot of conversations, you know, not just with Jeremy, but with different people in the industry. Of course, once again, I called other filmmakers that I knew or contacted other filmmakers that I knew within the same budget and with some of the same industry um and i asked them questions who you know who did they go through how was their experience so i heard a lot of the good i heard a lot of the bad i talked to, to different you know many different distributors personally even before saying that i had a film you know i would just ask them questions without right. even announcing that oh i have a movie you know that i'm looking to distribute you know so i went about it that way also not wanting to you know, and 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 I I would go to them personally and have these conversations. You know, research a lot of research as well. I, I researched, you know, um, independent and dis- in distribution and places like third party distributors and places like Dribbler and I I read a lot of blogs from other filmmakers out there as well. You know, so it was just a lot of extensive research and conversations and putting everything out on the table, looking at all of it, putting the pros and the cons to everybody. You know, the, you know, and then making that decision, obviously, um, truth to be told, the, the one thing that I like the most, and this is one of the, the reasons we decided to go with alternative cinema, can't motion pictures is we, when we sent these emails and we sent packages together, not just through VHX.com, which by the way, you should always utilize the technology that you have. Um, VHX, it's a great place to go. You upload your movie, you could email screeners for a certain amount of time, 10 days, 7 days. You, and you, oh, you no can, kidding. You to can, reviewers, distributors. And you can stipulate uh, how long you want somebody to have access to your movie. Exactly. So, 10 days, 7 days, whatever. A day, a day, one you know, day, 24 here. hours. And it tells you when they watched it and it tells you when they finished it and all that. You get all that response. It's also a place where you can upload your movie and sell it there personally as well. But, of course, we kept it so just to use that aspect of VHX, you know, and, and I made sure to go around and find these places where I can utilize the technology to, you know, to get my information to, out to people digitally so I didn't have to. Uh, of course, I also did physical packages. I put physical packages together for people with pictures and, you know, uh, fake DVD covers. I I, um, I would make these DVD covers with the company's logo, and I would put that company's logo that's, on the DVD cover, and I sent it to all the different co- companies you know so i still have a few of them at home i go through the pages this could be yours right this could be (laughs) easter sunday and it just looked like a real dvd and it had their logo on it you know and with robert zadar on the top and i you know wrote a little paragraph and fucking steven spielberg never got back to us man no no but you know but it's one of those things where i just i wanted to do something different and and one of the most important things to me was talking to a real person I wanted to talk to a real person. I didn't want to email. So I had several conversations with different people. The The people that blew me off and didn't call me or didn't pick up the phone when I called them, I already, that's it. I put them to the side. Okay, well, these guys don't want to have an actual conversation with me. I don't know if that's a real person. Yeah. No, thank you. You know, there's plenty of that going on. And the people that I did have conversations, I kept having conversations with them. And, and I decided, you know, after, you know, I would always talk to Jeremy. You know, this is how the conversation went. This is how I felt. These are the points. You know, I would make a list. We'd go over them. And then finally, we had this conversation with Paige, 
from Alternative Cinema. And we had several conversations with her. And everything that she was telling us was what I was wanted to hear. We're going to be transparent. You know, we're going to help get this movie out to as many people as possible. You know, we're, 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 you know, going to do our best to market the film and to make sure that it gets seen and it, you know, it gets the widest distribution possible. And not only that, but she was a fan of the, you know, the film. She talked to us. She knew the film. You know, it wasn't just a distributor that I was talking to and said, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, she knew specific moments. She could pick out specific moments from the film and talk to me about it. So it made it very personal, you know. And obviously it was a back-and-forth conversation, and and we felt, you know, um, we gave a little. And, and, you know, when the company's willing to also give a little as well and give in on some of our requests, then it makes us feel like, oh, well, they're, they're also in it for the filmmaking, you know. They're also in it to put out this content. Well said, gentlemen. Well said. Thank you, thank you. We could talk here for hours. Yes, probably. Yeah, but like, we do need to wrap it up. Here, podcast at alternativecinema.com. Please do drop us an email. What if folks want to get in touch with you? What if folks listening want to ask you guys a question? What's the best way to reach you guys? Well, they can get us at eastersundaymovie.com. Uh, hit us up on the Facebook. We're uh, very reliable. You know, so says the percentage on our Facebook account. We reach out like 95%, you know. Um, we're easily accessible if people want to contact us. Obviously, our information is on IMDb, on, on our account. But you you can reach us, you know, on you can reach me on Twitter at Generation J-S-I-N. You can see us at Easter Movie on there. We're on Northgate Pictures for the Instagram. And you can find me at JT Hellraiser. And that's, uh, for Hellraiser, it's H-E-L-L-R-A-Z-O-R on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find me on Facebook, Jeremy Todd Moorhead. Very accessible. Shoot me a private message, and we will chat it out. In fact, I've had several people reach out to me that found the movie, watched the movie, loved it, reached out and said, hey, you know, I bought I bought your movie from alternativecinema.com, and I was wondering if I can mail you my DVD cover for you guys to oh, autograph. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. we've had... Several people. In fact, this morning before we met up, I had Jason sign some DVD covers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from people that I I don't know. They just reached out on Facebook. So um, yeah, if you want your DVD signed, man, hit me up. There you have it, folks. Listening right out, right out of the horse's mouth. Well, thank you guys. That's awesome. Uh, of course, Easter Sunday, folks listening should see it. It's on uh, DVD. It's on streaming. Uh, all the platforms, the Xbox and the Amazon. If it's not on the Amazon any day now, is it back? Is it on the it Amazon? It is on Amazon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. oh finally. Yeah. I had yeah. a couple buddies that, that bought it on stock. Amazon. So. Back in yeah. stock. Yep. That's, that's good. And, uh, of course, the limited edition VHS, uh, near and dear to my heart because I'm a, a analog freak. Get it now. There's only a few copies left. You can get this at alternativecinema.com. Or I don't think it's on the eBay anymore. But check check around eBay. There may be a few few more copies there in a few days. Thrilled that you guys stopped in and gave them the quick tour of the studio here. And amazing. now, as we do with every podcast, we're going to go eat. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Food. That's the best part. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, folks listening, thank you very much for listening. Check out the Alternative Cinema podcast archive. And don't forget, you can go to alternativecinema.com. I think it's up top. Uh, hit us up on the mailing list. You'll get an email news blast, which is kind of cool. Uh, it comes out about once a month, and that'll also give you a, a snapshot of what's going on around here. So until next time, thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. Hello.
got all the parts and I've done the design Out here in my shed I can put him together Got marbles for ice and his skin is old leather Got powerful legs and there's one extra hand Cause I need a good drummer to play in my band I'm hoping he'll get me some publicity Make sure that he's more photogenic than me I've got some big ideas in store I'm gonna win a Nobel Prize for science And maybe even more With my homemade human of yours I love, Mr. Lugosi? The Invisible Ray. You were great as Karloff's sidekick. Karloff? Sidekick? Fuck you! Karloff does not deserve to smell my shit! That limey cocksucker can rot in hell for all I care! What happened? How dare that asshole bring up Karloff? You think it takes talent to play Frankenstein? It's all on makeup and then grunting. Bella, I agree 100%. Now, Dracula, that's a role that requires talent. Of course. Dracula requires presence. It, it's all in the eyes and the voice and the hand. That's right. That's right. You seem a little agitated. You want to go outside and get some air? Bullshit. I'm ready now. Roll the camera. <laughs>